Grace, mercy, and peace to you from our Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Don't, don't you just love the, the storylines of some people's lives? And I'm talking especially about those who go from, from obscurity to stardom. For example, uh, whoever heard the name of Carrie Underwoods before 2005? That was the year that she, she won the American Idol Award. You probably remember that. And today she holds not one, not two, but three Grammy Awards as well as being the best-selling country female soloist ever. Quite a storyline. Or do this. Google perhaps one of the most common boys' names ever. The name Jose. When I did it, the first option that came up was none other than Jose Altuva, yeah. Um, for those of you who are not Houston Astros fans, uh, he was a Venezuelan-born amateur baseball player when he first signed with Houston. But since he has won the American League MVP award, all the while being the shortest player in the major leagues at five foot six inches tall from Obscurity to stardom. So let me ask this question. How well do you know Jesus Christ? When Saul of Tarsus first met Jesus on that road to Damascus, he had to ask him, he said, Who are you, Lord? But in today's second reading, that one from the book of Colossians, a book that was written some 25 years after meeting Jesus. The Apostle Paul is writing by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit because he knows Jesus very well, even as he serves him in incredible ways. And that's my prayer for, for each of us today. That the Scriptures would do more than just open up our minds to who Jesus is but also our hearts and our lives. The, the fact is we're naturally drawn to, to superstars, to those who are recognized as great. And whom but Jesus has all supremacy from, from beginning to end. So grab your Bibles if you would and, and look with me at Colossians chapter 1. In the Pew Bible, it's on page 1832. There are ten truths here that our Heavenly Father wants us to know about His Son, our Savior. And, and I'm guessing that one or more of them are going to be like a, an aha for you. Colossians 1, beginning with verse 13. And we're kind of coming into the middle of it here. But it's speaking of God the Father in verse 13. For He, the Father, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son He loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Now that, that's a really good place for us to begin this morning. 
Because as I mentioned earlier, today is Christ the King Sunday. And and on this final Sunday of the church year, we're recognizing that, that Jesus is on His throne and He is reigning as the King over His kingdom. And what kind of kingdom is it? Well, rather than just being in charge only politically and and only over one set region, Jesus is king over all the earth. In fact, the entire earth is his kingdom of power. And and there's more. Jesus is also the kingdom of the kingdom of grace, and that's the church. You see, our, our king sits not behind some polished walnut desk, but instead he, he sits on the throne of our lives. And it's from there that his word and his spirit guide us. It's also in this kingdom of grace that you and I get to be Jesus' partners. We get to be his messengers, his, his channels of grace to the people around us. It happens every time we connect another person to Jesus. And finally, Jesus is supreme in His kingdom of glory. That'll be in heaven. That'll be after the resurrection of all mankind. And that kingdom will never, never end. Friends, this this Christ the King... He alone is the one who has all power. He alone is full of grace and truth. He has no equal. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And if Scripture only told that much about Him to us, it would be more than enough to make us want to love Him Trust Him, serve Him. But this is only one verse. And there's so much more packed in here. Follow along with the next verse. Speaking of Jesus, verse 14. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus also has all supremacy in being our Savior. In giving up His life for us on the cross, we have been rescued. We've been ransomed. We've been set free from the punishment that our sins deserve. As Christians, we we talk so often about forgiveness. I think sometimes it has lost its punch with us. So, So do this. Take some time out of today and pause. Pause and reflect on what it means that the Son of God gave His life in exchange for you. What does that mean? It means that you're not guilty. It means that your Heavenly Father adores you. It means you are holy in His sight. Precious to Him. 
perfect. Because the sacrifice He made was perfect. Remember, remember the words that the angel spoke to Joseph shortly after Mary announced to him her pregnancy? The angel said, you are to call Him Jesus because He will save His people from their sins. And Jesus also has the supremacy because as verse 15 says, He is the image of the invisible God. Let me go here. The image of the invisible God. We recognize that no one has ever seen God. But when we look at Jesus through the words of Scripture, we see God's likeness. One time Philip asked Jesus uh, to show us the Father. And this was Jesus' reply. He said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So we need to look no further than Jesus to know exactly what God is like. And from that same verse, verse 15, we're told that Christ our King has the supremacy because He is the firstborn over all creation. And let me be very clear with this one. The word firstborn, it's, it's a metaphor. It's figurative language, not literal. It's a way of comparing one thing to something else. And the reason I'm explaining that is because the Jehovah's Witnesses would look at this verse and say, well, see, He is created. That's not what it means. Instead, Paul is saying that Jesus enjoys the rank and the privilege of a firstborn son. In other words, he has the preeminence over everything else. Nothing else even comes close. Not the most majestic mountain. Not, not the most beautiful blue-green ocean waters. Nothing. Verse 16. For by Him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, Visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him and for Him. So, were you aware of that? Not only was Christ present at the creation of the world, He certainly was that, but He also participated in bringing everything into existence. He is the Creator. And, and with our limited, finite minds, it's impossible for us to, to fully grasp the, the, the doctrine of the Trinity. Three in one, one in three, co-equal. So we, we typically try and divide up the works of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And normally, we, we attribute the work of creation to, to which of the three? To the Father, sure. But remember, how was, how was darkness separated from light? Well, in Genesis 1, it says, God said, let there be light. 
And how were the waters of the world gathered into one place? God said, let dry ground appear, and so on. He used His Word. And Jesus is that Word. Jesus is that divine Word. John's Gospel um, introduces that truth with these words. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That, that's Jesus he's talking about. And so then, Jesus has the supremacy in all things. Not only were things made by Him, they were made for Him. And that means that everything that you and I see, as well as the invisible angels, everything finds its purpose in Jesus. Every rock, every person, every nation. Let, let that roll around in your head for a while. Everything has its purpose in Jesus because from beginning to end, He has the supremacy. <coughs> Verse 17. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Someone once said that Jesus is the cosmic glue. I mean, he sustains everything. Without Him on the throne, our world would completely unravel. And yet by His power, our world continues to have a, a sense of order. Night and day don't, don't get mixed up. Seasons fall in order one year after the other. Natural disasters occur, yes, but they're also held in check by His power. There's even a, a, a semblance of order politically in our world, all because Christ the King is on His throne. And that's our confidence when we look around and it seems like our world is falling apart. Verse 18. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. We'll start with just the, the head of the body. Um, when I was in college, I had a roommate by the name of Larry. And uh, his family had a trampoline company. And so Larry was, he was good on the trampoline. And one of the things I remember all those years ago, him telling me is that when you're, when you're flipping or you're spinning, wherever your head goes, your body naturally follows. So to say that Jesus is the head of his body, the church, is to say that wherever he leads, we follow. I mean, the church is not to do whatever we willy-nilly want to do. That's rebellion. That's sin. But instead, we take our direction from Jesus the head. 
So, whenever we find ourselves at a crossroads, like in a call process, what do we do? We follow Jesus. I mean, we can't do anything better than that. He is the one with all authority in heaven and on earth. He has the supremacy in all things. Second half of verse 18. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. So we're back to this word firstborn. Uh, this time, Jesus is known as the firstborn from among the dead. That doesn't necessarily mean that he is the first of several, however. Because Jesus was not the first person to be resurrected from the dead. We know that he raised the daughter of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, from the dead. He raised the son of that widow from Nain from the dead. He raised Lazarus from the dead. But Jesus is the first to rise from the dead and never die again. And so, in 1 Corinthians 15, that great resurrection chapter, Jesus is referred to as the first fruits of the resurrection. And that means He's the best. He's the cream of the crop. Or as we've said so many times this morning, He, is the, he has the supremacy. Verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Why is that important? It's important because we don't look to Jesus as our half God, as our half Lord, as our half Savior. He, he is fully God. Just as he on earth was also fully man. I mean, he's, he's fully righteous and holy. He's fully merciful and compassionate. He is the full embodiment of, of wisdom and knowledge, of truth and power. Put that all together and we have full confidence in this last description of Jesus. Verse 20. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, making peace through his blood shed on the cross. To reconcile. And that's, a, that's a loaded word, isn't it? When we reconcile our bank account, we have a clear picture of, of what we actually have. When we have broken relationships that get reconciled. We rediscover joy and harmony. But when Jesus reconciles us to our Heavenly Father, we have the greatest gift of all. We have peace. Peace with God. Peace through the shedding of Christ's blood. Peace that passes human understanding. Peace for now and for all eternity. All because Jesus has the supremacy. 
from beginning to end. So now I've done my part. I've given you a, a multifaceted picture of Christ our King. And now it's time for you to go to work. Now it's time for you to apply the things that you've heard this morning. So what are you going to do to show your appreciation for your king? What one or two things are you going to begin doing today, not, not tomorrow, not next week, but today, to demonstrate that Jesus Christ is number one in your life? That he alone sits preeminent on the throne of your life? Is it confessing and then breaking a bad habit that has become a sin in your life? In James 5.16, we're told, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Maybe it's time that you entrusted your finances to the one who has all supremacy. And the first step in that is simply saying out loud, Jesus, it, it's all yours. And then begin to honor him with your first fruit gifts. Or perhaps you want to dethrone worry from being in control of you. You, you can do that by memorizing and repeating Psalm 56.4, saying it, five or ten times a day. Say it, say it with me now. In God I trust. I will not be afraid. When you and I take those steps to let Jesus reign, it's, it's not the storyline of some marvelous vocalist or athlete that the world is admiring. It's your story. Your story that honors Jesus Christ as King. Amen. And may that peace of God that surpasses understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Jesus.